it's us. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. So, we are coming at you with something new this week. We are finally doing our sinister stories. Short, Take a little sinister. break from the serial killer. Yes, short sinister story. Oh, yes. So... What are you sipping on over there? Oh, you know, I got me a fine Cali Red, Mr. S N double O P D O double G, the goat Snoop Doggy Dog. <laughs> wow, what an introduction! We should be sponsored at this point. I know. Damn. Snoop needs to sponsor us. That's it. Well, my wine is Prestige. It's a Tuscany wine. Mm. Um, it's got this cute little mini bottle. It probably doesn't look mini right there, but yeah, it is mini. That is little. Cute. So that's what I'm drinking. Oh. Um, so today we're not doing necessarily a drinking game because it is going to be a short episode. So just drink, hydrate the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so a couple happenings. What you got on your list? <laughs> what do I got on my list? You know, not really much, to be honest. I don't have much going on. Um, yeah, I'm just, like, super excited for our first short, sinister story. I'm so excited. I hope that we get, like, great feedback on this because you and I are so excited about this, and we are, like, so passionate about this topic so for real yeah guys if you know me you know i'm obsessed with all things funeral oh, and burial and i have a great thing to talk about <laughs> i'm going yeah, to interrupt we were just gonna gloss right over nope. that but <laughs> i'm gonna i'm going to interrupt so what about like <laughs> wow what about Sorry. the whole like Astro World thing, like Travis Scott oh, situation. Def <gasps> definitely not what I thought you were gonna say. Why? Um, it's awful. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought you were gonna go straight into corrections, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, we're just gonna jump right <laughs> into right. it. Um, so Astro World, my okay, it's a horrible, sad thing. I've got lots of opinions about like who's responsible and who's not, right. especially since I've worked in entertainment. Right. It is honestly really hard for me to like point the finger at Travis Scott, but I will say this. I, people are correct when they say like he instigates a lot of rioting. Right. So it's hard for me to like, to not put a little blame on him. Cause it's like, you ask for this and like, you know, but I will say it is so hard, especially when you have earpieces in and all of those lights to see and hear what's happening in the crowd. For sure. I know a lot of people, they had the opinion, like, surely someone could have talked to him through his earpiece and told him. And I'm like, that's not really how it works. No. So. Well, and like, okay, so my sister, she's been to one of his concerts and mm -hmm. she said it was probably one of the most like terrifying concerts that she's ever been to because like he wants people to mosh and like I don't know if mm. you've ever been in a mosh yeah. pit but it is kind of scary nope. it's scary yeah like number one you are at a concert and you are like packed in like sardines already but number two whenever you start like moshing 
I mean, you're moving and you're already packed in and you're like moving all around and you can't move. And my sister said it was literally terrifying. And like, that's just something that he does. And that's something that, you know, some artists like to do, but yeah. like you are almost like taking that risk whenever you go to a concert like that. Like, you yeah. know, that that's something that he does and he does it every time. I mean, I think he said, let's make this fucking earth shake. Like, that's telling people, like, hey, we are going to mosh. So, you kind of have yeah, to take that well. risk. So, at the end of the day, it's like, is he responsible? Mm, kind of, because this is what he does. But then at the yeah. end of the day, like, they, like, the people who wanted to go to this concert, they chose it. So, did you hear the, the like, satanic ritual conspiracy about it? I did. I did. That people, a lot of people yeah. were seizuring. So, yeah. and they complained of like pain in their neck. Yeah. And so the theory is that people are going around jabbing with uh, like fentanyl and all kinds of drugs. Yeah. Causing them to like instantly seizure and die. Yeah. I did read that, but I don't know the validity of it. I watched a lot of like videos and like read a lot of blogs about people that were there. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's. It's so weird. I don't know what to well, think Well, and I about. feel like that would be easily proved or disproved because all you'd have to do is drug test these people. Oh, for sure. 100%. But I don't know if, like, autopsy reports are coming out or, like, why that hasn't been. So right. I don't know. We'll find but out. It's a crazy deal. Yeah. I also love that people are going after the Kardashians for it, saying things like, how could you say you're praying for the family? You better be donating your money. And yeah, but they weren't even there. Like, okay. like what the yeah. fuck? Whatever. Like, it's not like they wanted that to happen. No, do they want it's people to die? It's a sad deal either way. Yeah. It's so sad either way. It is. But not good. Right. Um, so let's. Let's hop into the section I've been dreading. Um, so, Cadence wants to talk about dick. <laughs> I've been waiting for that line for like two hours now. So, um, Amanda from Missouri Amanda, wrote it. And it's D U H, not D A. Amanda. Amanda wrote into the podcast by hand. It was pigeon mail. And she said, hey, bitch, why didn't you in the very first episode talk about James D'Angelo's, Joseph James D'Angelo's penis? <laughs> well, guys, listen, listen, I'm not trying to get canceled on the first podcast, right. but here's the deal. So the Golden State Killer, and this was read during his final trial days, right. too. He was known for having a small penis. Like, just imagine this man. Like a micro penis. Micro <laughs> penis. So, yes, I left that out. I did know that detail, but I was starting out, you know, starting out PG-13. But we're just going to take it all the way up to NC-17 with this bitch. Yeah. So, yes, he was known for his micro penis. Yeah. In a lot of the reports to the police, like starting from day one, girls said, okay, he looked like this, this, this. Also, he had a small penis. Yep. So 
that was one of like what he was literally known for and in the court they read that out in front of him which i just tweeted about it if you follow our um our twitter it's sinister socials yeah then you will get to see the video <laughs> clip where they talk about it it's incredible it's so funny yeah um also my sister yeah. is on a plane to florida she was on a plane to florida yeah. this evening she said that we are the first podcast that she has ever listened to. She downloaded it specifically Aww. for her travels. Oh, sweet. And she said the whole time, I just wished I could join in on the conversation. Aww. She's like, I didn't know what, like, she doesn't, she's not familiar with the stories, but she's like, I just wanted to join in and talk. And so, like, I love that yeah, so love it. much because the whole, everything that Alexa and I wanted to mm -hmm. do was be a real conversation with you guys. Like, what you would be having with your friends. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. Love that. Love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So are we ready? Uh, oh my God. I'm so ready. Okay. So do you want to go first or do you want to yeah, let's... tell the people what we're even talking yeah. about? Okay. <laughs> so for our short sinister story today, we are talking about like funeral rituals and you know, like where did things come from and all of that like so yes. oh i'm obsessed we okay first and foremost like i want to go ahead and like talk about this so when i die i don't want a funeral i i don't know about you what do you want like do you want a funeral i i don't i like the idea of the celebration of life but funerals and we'll probably get into this in another episode but the money behind funerals astounds me. Yeah. It it makes me sick. I understand there are some things that are necessary. For sure. But the the prices of all yeah. of this when you're already grieving are just disgusting oh, for to me. Sure. So I want it to be whatever my family wants, literally whatever is the cheapest, however they want to deal with me. I my opinion is is I'm dead. I don't care. Right. Um, but I understand like grieving is a thing. Yep. And so, you know, a celebration of life is fine. Everyone get drunk and everyone break out their horrible pictures of me, mm -hmm. talk shit, talk good things. I don't care whatever you got to do to get over it. Yeah. Cause I know it's going to be devastating <laughs> for people. Then do it. Right. I kind of agree. Like I want a celebration of life. I don't want a funeral. I don't want to cast it. I don't want a headstone. I want to be cremated. Right. I want my ashes spread like somewhere that I love, like whether it's somewhere in the mountains or somewhere on the beach or like just a spot that I yeah. love because at the end of the day, like I don't want to be buried. And yeah, you know, I visit my grandma's grave every now and then, you know, to just yeah. like go and talk to her or whatnot. But like someone can come and talk to me in the mountains or, you know, at the ocean or whatever. I completely yeah. agree. I think the money aspect behind it is absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah. you know, like as you all are hearing and listening, um, we are talking about funeral rituals and kind of, you know, where these things started, what they mean, how they like transpire into today's funerals. So, it's yeah. just like pretty interesting. And I'll just warn you guys, this is probably going to be something that we talk about a lot in the future yeah. too, because there is so much to talk about. And yeah, 
I like honestly, this is what got me back into podcasting as I wanted to do a podcast that solely talked about things like this. And then I had the discussion with you and you're like, Hey, let's do this. And we'll base it on true crime. And like, we'll incorporate some of this. So like, yes. this is what started all of it. Like my full blown passion. Right. So today we're going to be talking about just like one of our favorite, each individual, um, like a favorite funeral ritual yes. or burial ritual or just something that we find fascinating. Yeah. So I'm so ready. Do you want to go yeah. or do you want me to go? Yeah, I'll go. So okay. I <laughs> do it. <laughs> so I've always like wondered why do people have to wear black at a funeral? Like, I just have to say, I never wear all black. Like, sometimes I'll wear, like, a black shawl or a black coat or black pants or something. But I always wonder, yeah. like, why do people wear all black? Like, where did that come from? So, interesting. It actually, like, dates back to the Roman Empire. Yep. Way far back. So, basically, the family of the deceased would wear a dark-colored toga, and they would call it a toga pulla. And what that would mean is, like, a dark toga. And most of the time, it would be, like, black in color or a very, very dark blue or a very dark green or a dark purple. But the family of the deceased would wear a dark toga. In the Roman mm -hmm. Empire. So this tradition, well, you know, so you will, basically carried into like the medieval times. So when we move into the mid medieval times, you know, they're still wearing black, but it kind of changed. Not only did the women wear black or the men wear black, but the women also would wear all black, but they would also have to wear a veil or a face covering over their face, meaning that their husbands or a close family member had passed. So they wouldn't wear it, you know, if a, if a friend passed or if a child passed, but it would mostly be worn only if their husband passed or if it was like, Somebody that was very close to them, like a brother is what yeah. I read, or even like a parent. Um, well, didn't they wear it for like days or weeks on end? They did. Like during the entire grieving process, they wore they it? They did. They wore it throughout the grieving process. So whenever I was researching Crazy. this, some said that they wore it to hide their tears and to hide their emotions. And then others said that they wore it to show it as a sign of respect to the dead. So, because if you think about the dead, right, and you think about a coffin or a headstone, it's a dark color. So if they wore a dark mm -hmm. color, it was more so like connecting with the deceased, which was yeah. crazy. Well, and if, I mean, I could be completely wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure, okay, so kind of like, you wear white on your wedding day because it symbol symbolizes purity. Right. I'm pretty sure black is actually a symbol for like life. It is. 
or being alive. Well, and it just depends on like the religion and the spiritual yeah. aspect. But yes, it is. It's like new beginnings or new life. Yeah. Yeah. So we see black as such like a dark thing and I get it. But at the same time. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not. So, you know, these women would wear, sorry, I had to do a little refill. Oh, <laughs> side note. Okay. So this bottle of 19 Crimes with Snoop Dogg, for those of you that aren't watching, the cork has his face on it. Is it really? Yes. Oh my God. I never noticed Isn't that. Isn't that cute? <laughs> I love it. You should like cut that in half and make it a magnet. I know. You know how people yeah. do that? Yeah. I love so it. Cute. It's so cute. <laughs> anyway. So, you know, like I think, I don't know. We're going to talk a little bit more about like black, like the color black. But anyway, so Love that. In this time, also, the women would wear this black veil or this black coloring, you know, over their face and over their head during the whole grieving process. And the reason why they would wear it is because if they had lost their husband, they didn't want other men to see their beauty and to see how they looked like because they didn't want to seem like they were available. So that was one thing that I read. Technically you are. <laughs> I know. But that was one thing that I read. Not only did they conceal their emotions, but they wanted to conceal what they actually looked like when it came to single men. Mm, pretty narcissistic of them, if you ask me. They're just assuming they're so beautiful I know. that they need to hide their face. I know. Right? Crazy. So wearing black to a funeral actually like, you know, this was back in the Roman Empire and then of course the medieval times and it carried on until like now. But then whenever we talk about like the British Empire days, so specifically in 1837, Queen Victoria of England, um, when a popular duke had passed away. And she wore, out of respect, a big black morning ball gown, right? It was all black, right? Love can that. you imagine? I know. But she... Yes, I can. <laughs> right, like, how amazing. And it was, of course, like, handmade and tailored to her, but specifically for this funeral, okay? Mm -hmm. So back in 1837, she wore a black ball gown to this wedding and this is kind of where you know the trend started for the western side of the world so the rich saw it as a fashion statement and in this time black was an expensive item to buy so hmm. most clothing was like gray or brown or green but black was expensive so if you look at it, I mean, based upon the research that I found, it was number one, a fashion statement, wearing it to a funeral, and number two, only the rich would wear it because it was expensive. Oh. Hmm. I hadn't heard that part. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what kind of started it for Western. Yeah. Because also, and again, this is for a later time, but... How things transition into like modern day funerals or like into the Western culture yeah. is insane. It is so crazy. 
And the but. complete opposite happens, you know, on the other side of the world. Like, in Asia, they wear yeah. white at funerals. They don't wear black, you know? So right. it's like the complete opposite colors. Yeah. It's crazy. So it, it's just like, so fast forward to now, you know, obviously we have adopted that. And again, it was kind of like a fashion statement. They saw not only Queen Victoria, but fast forward to Queen Elizabeth and they saw her wearing them or wearing all black at funerals. And so that's kind of how it transpired, you know, to where we are today. And if we think about yeah. where we are today, most people still wear black to a funeral. Oh yeah. It's considered etiquette. It is. But I mean, it's honestly stupid but i am also so so such like a i don't know i guess a pessimist when it comes to traditions oh, yeah. that i'm like whatever right like if you want to wear black out of respect fine but at the end of the day it's a color yeah yeah <laughs> so. yeah and you know like i think a lot of people wear it today because it is still considered like a sign of respect to the dead yeah. And because yeah. like we said, you know, black means a sign of, it's a sign of new beginnings, a sign of new life. Yeah. And so that's kind of why people wear black. Um, yeah. You know, I, again, like I wear black to funerals, but not all black. So. Yeah. Well, and I think it kind of comes down to one, black is just a popular color yeah. to wear. You don't want to be flashy at a funeral. No. So I completely understand right. that. And. Throughout all of this, I do want to state that, like, my funeral opinions are very practical as opposed to emotional, but I fully respect why people do things for religious purposes right. or for, you know, for their own personal feelings or for their family. For sure. I totally, it's just not what I personally want yeah. and what I personally do and don't care about. But. For sure. For sure. But interesting. I know. Nick just scared the hell out of me. He just walked through and I'm like in a dark room. <laughs> You're like, is that a ghost? <laughs> so you're like, uh, sorry, I respect your funeral practices. <laughs> okay, so what okay. is um, your funeral ritual? What are you going to talk about? My favorite thing in the world mm. to talk about. Anytime people are like, what's an interesting quality about you? I'm like, well, let me tell you my funeral home knowledge. <laughs> my favorite being safety coffins. Oh my God. <laughs> safety coffins are my favorite thing in the whole world. And if I was ever buried, you better put me in a safety coffin. So oh my gosh. the safety coffins are, their sole purpose is to prevent premature burials. Yep. And to me, it's kind of like fear of sharks. I know it does happen, but it, it like never happens. No. Does that, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, was ever actually <laughs> buried alive. So the fear is kind of irrational. Right. And I, again, fully respect irrational fears. I have them myself. Right. But this is funny. So uh, I think it's taphophobia is the literal fear of being buried alive. This, um... Safety coffins were patented during the 18th and 19th century. So for idiots like me, that's between oh 1700 and the 1900s. Yes. So before like real modern times. Yes. So this, um, well, I'll come back to what I was about to say. Okay. So the fear of being buried alive, where did that even start with other than just like scary movies? So, because yeah, if we talk about these, like 1700s, they didn't have scary movies. So, right. 
So, like, why would they even worry about yeah. that? Well, here's why. <laughs> because there was, I think it's pronounced cholera. There's a, there was a cholera epidemic. Cholera. And basically, cholera. Okay. <laughs> Alexa's the smart one. <laughs> and what this did was give you massive, it's an infection in your small intestine, mm -hmm. but to just be direct, it gave you massive diarrhea to the point of dehydrating your body to death. Um, and then there was a bunch of other things that happened. These symptoms came on pretty quickly. So death was like very sudden, almost put you like in a comatose state. And a lot of the people that had that were seemingly dead. So like very low oxygen levels, hardly breathing. So people started getting this fear of like, oh, if I catch this, they're going to think I'm dead. They're going to bury me. Right. And there is supposed cases of this happening. Okay. So side note. My friend Lauren yes. and I, one of my besties, uh, we went to Savannah, Georgia last year for just to go. Every year we try to go on like a girls trip and we went on a fun little like ghost tour because I don't know if you know about Savannah, Georgia, but it's like very spooky. Kind of. It's very haunted. Like there's a lot of history and that was one thing that they brought up was the cholera outbreak at that time and people actually being buried alive. And so yeah. there is this um, cemetery basically in the middle of downtown Savannah, Georgia, and the roads are kind of like, or the sidewalks are kind hills. of like, yeah, they're not like hills, but like they're all like kind of like grimy or like, you know, bumpy. Um, the mm -hmm. sidewalks are like that. The, the roads are like that and you know, where they're buried are like that. And so the girl who was giving us this tour was like, oh yeah, by the way, these people, there was a cholera out outbreak and people were literally buried alive. They were literally yes. buried alive because of that. So Lauren and I like looked at each other. We're like, holy shit. Like we yes. are walking on you know, dead bodies, obviously, but people were legit buried alive. So fun fact so, for Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. Crazy. Yes. And to add on to that story, I perform, I forget the name of the theater specifically, but where F Elvis famously, they famously said Elvis has left the building. I performed at that theater mm -hmm. and I can't remember it, but across from that theater was a cemetery with hills oh. and they said those hills are mounds of bodies yes. because there was so an many. epidemic that broke out so instead of burying people we stacked them yes. into graves and it created hills in the ground yes. and like that's why yes. so isn't that crazy georgia georgia you're you're a crazy place well in savannah georgia too like number one it's a beautiful city but number two it is like kind of crazy there's a lot of yeah weird history around at all yeah. but also georgia peaches aren't a real thing no they're so. not a real thing <laughs> so don't don't even don't get your hopes up like i did mm -hmm. <laughs> so all of this was happening um and so they decided hey we need to come up with a device so in case people do get buried alive um they've they've got a way of escaping so imagine you're you're this is also before the days of embalming, so oh keep that in mind. Um, so most commonly, you are put in a coffin and attached to your ligaments or, 
Uh, sometimes, like, your neck, like, weird places. Any place in your body you would normally move, like, in a panic, was a string, uh, some sort of rope. And that rope funneled up into a tube that went to the top of the surface that was attached to a bell. Yeah. So if you can imagine laying down and like wiggling your fingers, fingers were the most common attachment. Yep. Then that bell would sound to the um, the the grave attendant, the priest, whoever that there was a body buried alive. So that is actually where we get the term "saved by the bell," <laughs> "dead ringer," and "graveyard shift." Oh, all originate from safety poppins. Yeah, that's like my favorite part of the story. Can you imagine? Along with everything like, else. Can you imagine just walking like down a... I mean, they probably didn't have sidewalks back in the day. But just like walking, taking an evening walk with your family or you're something. Like, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you hear the bell like... You're like, holy shit. That came... You're like, shit, we gotta get grandma out yeah. of here now. <laughs> Grandma's alive. <laughs> It's funny, but it's not. No, okay, right. so, um, yes, that's where we get those terms. So Amazing. the, uh, there were also some different forms of safety. The bells are my favorite, and we'll get to why later. But there were forms before the bell. So Robert Robinson of Manchester, seventeen ninety one. So he was some sort of controversial preacher. Doesn't really matter, but he was put in a mausoleum, which for people who don't know, it kind of looks like the little house in the cemetery. Yep. It's like the concrete above ground thing. And he was put inside with glass over his, like really close to his face. So the idea was if he, if you could, if he fogged the glass, he was still breathing. So you would know he was still alive, take him out. He hired watchmen prior to his burial, like prior to dying. Okay. To come by and check on this until, of course, when you would be uh, pronounced dead. So, wait. So, why, like, did he have cholera? Is that why? Like, why did he hire, it, it, like, watchmen? The cholera epidemic just spiked everyone's fascination with being buried gotcha. alive. That's, like, the first so he was just I'm sure. Yeah, he was just, like, terrified that yes, that was going to yes. happen. Okay. He just had a fear of this. So, and I'm sure, I mean, I read other things where people like were put underground as like torture devices. And so maybe that sparked people's idea of like, oh, what if they tried to bury me alive? But it's mainly from this epidemic that this started. Um, so just the fear of this. And then the first recorded safety coffin, um, as far as like the bell and the tube, was in 1792 so just a year later duke ferdinand of brunswick he had a window again in front of his face for light so you could look at his face and tell if he was alive there was an air tube <laughs> there were locks so back then they nailed coffins right. um so he had locks installed instead of nails and then he was buried with keys so he could unlock it in case he, he like rose from the dead yeah. As oh if, like, God. shouting through the tube Wasn't wouldn't be enough. enough. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, these tubes. Let's talk about these yeah. tubes. So, these tubes were used more than just, um, like, hey, I need to yell through this or I need to breathe. So, also, what priests were responsible for is going by and smelling through the tubes. Because 
if you if after so many days you didn't smell a decaying body it meant there was a possibility they were like alive but in a coma oh my god can you imagine so can you like imagine yeah having that job like oh by the way you need to smell <laughs> these 20 bodies and see if they yeah, are decomposing day or every couple days and Ew. then imagine if there was like a graveyard full of these open tubes which i don't think they were that common but even if you had a couple of them in the cemetery that smell rising uh, every single uh, day no uh, that place stunk. oh my god i can't even imagine stunk. have you ever so, seen a dead body um yeah but i didn't know you didn't know i saw like dead? a well i saw like a hit and run and i saw the body on the street and they were definitely dead but like i didn't like stop okay i just wondered <laughs> oh well like at funerals too no that doesn't count like oh you mean freshly like a fresh done. yeah fresh. no so not up close i did it was so weird <laughs> so a friend in high school i'm not going to name names but basically um Whenever I was in high school, her and I were best friends, and we, it was the summer, and her grandma was dying. She had, like, hospice and everything at home, and next thing you know, there's, like, the storm that came through, and her grandma was there, and she just died, and then, you know, we're waiting on, like, you know, the, uh the uh, funeral home to come and like get her body and stuff and she was just laying there dead oh my god yeah it was crazy but you know I know you and I have talked about this but like death doesn't really like bother me I don't know why it just it doesn't like I don't yeah. If, like, you were to die or if Tony or my parents or siblings, like, yeah, I would be heartbroken and I would be so upset. But, I don't know, death doesn't, like, really bother me. It's, like, I'm not, yeah. like, emotionless, but it's, like, it's just part of life. So, yeah, no, I didn't, for like, yeah. yeah, you, like, don't totally. really react. Yeah, and I would say that I just understand that it's something that's going to happen. Right. So it's almost like I'm always prepared for it to happen. Yeah. I still get incredibly emotional and yeah. whatever if it's something or someone that I'm close something. <laughs> someone that I'm close to, but um I do see it as inevitable. For sure. But sorry to interrupt. Continue. No, that's insane. <laughs> that's crazy. So um Anyways, fast forward to like the 1800s. There is a guy, Adolf Gutsmuth, I think is how you say it. He buried himself alive for several hours just to prove that his safety coffins work. Wow. He would have food lowered like through the tube. Like at one point he had like a seven course meal, including some beer, some uh, Wiener schnitzels, <laughs> just to prove that this worked, whatever, no one cares. 1820s, the portable death chamber was invented. So I, when I first terrifying. read. Terrifying. Okay. Portable see. death wait chamber? You, wait, wait till you hear how this thing works. And I had to read this sentence like 10 times just to make sure I understood what I was reading. So basically, <laughs> It, it said a body was, okay, a, there was a chamber above an empty grave. So I was like, wait, an empty grave, but someone's being buried. It wouldn't be empty. No. Mm -mm. 
You're put into the ground. Let's pretend it's on like wood doors or something. I don't know what the material was. So you are put, let's say three feet below ground. They would keep watch on you, like with a glass chamber or a breathing tube or whatever it was. And after you showed signs of death, whether that be the smell or the decay or whatever, those wood doors open up underneath and just you. just drop your ass. <laughs> drop, <laughs> drop your ass six feet or six feet. Six, six feet under. <laughs> and then you're officially buried. Oh, my God. I was like, wait, am, am I reading this right? They just dropped your ass in the ground? Okay, so that's another example of a safety coffin. Um, but let's fast forward a little bit. I have so much to get to, oh and I know God. we're already like past time. This is probably going to be a normal length episode because I'm so excited. Don't care. Listen along. So... In uh, 1829 was officially when the Bell method was introduced that I talked about. Right. Um, but there was a few upgrades from like just finger tied to a string with a bell. So first off, the bell was enclosed in a chamber. Okay. So weather couldn't ring the bell. Animals couldn't ring the bell. But also bugs couldn't get into the tube. So mm. that was kind of an issue. Um, but... Throughout this entire process, one thing they never perfected, because hello, um, was that when your body decays, everything starts shutting, and especially without embalming, right. your body is swelling, right. it is twitching, right. it's doing all these things. So the bells are constantly so <laughs> going off. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So these people who are buried with these safety coffins, they're always going to go off. Oh, we didn't have God. embalming practices, so right. everything was still somewhat functional. So here's a little statistic for you. Zero, count them, Zippo people were saved right. due to safety coffins. Right. So there's that for you. Wow. However... Um, people did die of being buried alive. So there's many cases it. that are reported. Yes. So um, the, uh, so one, people who are trying to demonstrate these safety coffins sometimes died because like the earth would collapse on them or they would be left down there too long and die. So that's one way people were buried alive. Duh. Yeah. But the other thing was back before embalming this is a fun fact actually so there were a lot of diseases that put you in a comatose state right. and when you're in a very deep coma you have very low oxygen levels and back then mm -hmm. before burial they did not check for a heartbeat until 1846 yes. so all this time people are being they buried Yes, yeah. they would fill for you breathing, right. obviously. Like, when you go into, like, a deep coma, low oxygen, your skin does start to turn a different color. Or you start looking shrunken. Yeah. Um, but they, they quit doing that. So, ways they would test also if you're alive is... <laughs> graphic, sorry. <laughs> they would pinch nipples <laughs> and stick hot irons in your bum bum. Oh, so, my God. I mean, I guess they yeah. were seeing if the pain receptors were still 
inspiring because uh, that sounds really fucking painful. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Wow. Um, back in the day, before embalming, keep in mind, a few people would get this fear that, hey, oh, my gosh, so-and-so woke up from their coma. They had the same symptoms as so-and-so. We should go dig up that body. And what they would find would be bloodied coffins, Ew. coffins with the lining. Oh, People's God. fingers would be worn down to the bone from scratching at the inside <gasps> of their coffins. Uh, their hair would be torn out, and their face would be stuck in a state of terror. So we do know for a fact people were multiple, buried alive. Many, hundreds were buried alive. But this, again, no. is not modern-day time. No, it's in the 1800s. But... <laughs> but there is a, I think it was French, somewhere European. It's either Angel or Angelo Hayes. The name kind of goes back and forth. Was famously buried alive. And I believe this was like early 1900s. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely modern, modern day. Um, he had a motorcycle crash. He was mangled and broken to the point like his parents could not see him. Oh they wouldn't allow the parents to see his body. Um, he was buried. However, he, there was something that went wrong with his insurance company. So he did have to be exhumed. When they exhumed him, oh. they noticed the body had not decayed. The body was in fact warm. He was, he was in still a deep alive? ass coma. He was <laughs> still alive? He went on to make a full recovery. So they and, literally exhumed the body? Yes. Days later. Oh, my he God. He was alive. And he went on to make a full recovery and make his own modern-day safety coffin that presumably had a, uh, a small oven, a fridge, and a cassette player inside. So. What in the uh, world? That is still, but like back in the day, yeah. you could be paralyzed. Right. They didn't understand that. Right. Deep comas, even being um, like starved to death, right. people suffering from major um, eating disorders. Or even like, like, you know, famines and stuff like that. Like at the end, yes, like, that, yeah, exactly. They didn't know that exactly. It. Yeah. They didn't have the technology to be able to test like. The brain activity or the body activity to see, you know, if you actually were still breathing or what your yeah. O2 sats were or, you know, whatever the exactly. case is. Wow. So obviously modern day embalming, and again, this is something I want to talk about in the future, but um, it flushes out everything. Um, you would not survive. All your organs are... Probably yeah, gone if you are donating this, them. Which I also just realized that was a motorcycle crash, so it had to be further into the 1900s than I well, thought. Well, no, I mean and they he had, talked about. Well, they had the first motorcycle in the late 1800s, so you know it oh. could have been the early 1900s. So you. Well, I'm not a history buff, apparently, but um, but that being yeah. said. Something culturally had to keep that guy from being embalmed, and I forget exactly what it was. But modern day embalming, 
completely eliminates the fear of being buried alive, yeah. which is why I know a lot of people to this day have that phobia, and I just personally can't relate because you, we have so, so many insane strict guidelines when it comes to burying, bur uh, like burials, yeah. that being buried alive is nearly impossible right. unless, um, it's like a murderer. Right. Which does happen. Murderers do to this day bury people. Yeah, murderers and rapists and people that just abuse people, they they kind of suck. Yeah. But luckily, wow. obviously you don't survive a cremation or an embalming. Right? So oh, my God. You guys are good to go unless <laughs> a murderer finds you, then watch out. And it better be, like, something crazy where you are on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, so if you're ever buried alive, let us know. We'd love to feature you. We'll give you a quick interview. We can't afford to pay you, but maybe we'll, like, buy you a drink or right. something. <laughs> No, but that's, it's, it's insane. Wow. Um, but that's one of my favorite things, the idea of yeah. safety coffins. And if you Google it, you can see, um, like blueprints for all of these coffins. They get way crazier, oh, I bet. like chamber on chamber, almost like Egyptian-esque. Yeah. It's like, so, little, um, from what I researched, it's like a tiny little studio apartment underground. Yeah. Yes. But like but you almost can't to walk. a point where you... Yeah. yeah, you can't move. Right. So everything has to, like, be within reach of you, like, laying right. down. Right. Um, And somehow accessing the earth, which even means, like, think of those tubes during, like, the rain. Oh, my God. Rain, mosquitoes, bugs, everything else. So even if you were alive yeah. underground. You're dying. Like, you're dying. Right. Or you're going to be you're flooded. being tortured. Yeah. Tortured. Yeah. What in the world? So. Wow. Fascinating. So fascinating. We could easily talk about funerals and all the funeral rituals, like, all yeah. day long. Yeah, so this brings us to our next point. We're starting a new podcast Woo! called <laughs> Sinister Funerals. It's great. <laughs> but that's it. That's it. So yay for our first Sinister Story. Yes, for our first short Sinister Story. Love it. Yes. Follow us. Again, we will be doing, I'm trying to be more active on Twitter, so you can follow us there. Yes. Uh, our Patreon, but most importantly, our website, yes. somethingsinisterpodcast.com. It's got links to everything yep. that we have on our website. It does. It does. Yay. So. Peace and out. And one last thing. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm like ending it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See you guys later. Uh, we'll mention our sponsor. Yes. Oh, my God. So, color up CD. C <laughs> Try again. And color up. Color up. CBD. CBD. Color up. Get all CBD. your needs and your dog treats and all of your shit. Yes. Color up CBD. <laughs> they are awesome. You can go to colorupco.com. And you can use discount code SINISTER20 to get 20% off of Woo! your skincare. I have been using it, like, for this entire week, and my face is glowing. So if you are watching the YouTube um, video, like, you will see. 
Like, number one, it's like... Leave a comment and tell her how shiny her skin is. <laughs> and tell me how good my skin looks. Um, no, seriously, like, I love all of it so far. Yeah. So, I love it. It doesn't have, like, fragrance. It They don't test on animals. It's all, yeah. like, plant-based. It's all natural. And that is, like, me to a T. So... And what I love, especially on their Instagram, is they keep up with all of the facts, all of the research. So they'll have their specialists on there explaining the products, which I need. I don't like to just blindly put shit on my face. So love that. So thank you so much, Color Up. I can't believe we have a sponsor. It's still crazy. So anyways, well, we will see you guys later. Peace out. Bye.